Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode number 211 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So I've been going for about, about a week or so. I had a string of guest canceling, and then I had tech issues the other day, and I had to cancel. But we're here today. My guest is here today, and we're going to rock this out. So if you're brand new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds. And I've had guests from all over the world, six different continents, 34 different countries, and everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to be happy. And there's a journey along that path to happiness. And I share my stories. Or my guests share their stories, all in the hopes of inspiring you to chase after the things that you really want to get out of this life. And so if you're joining me on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and like the video to help us spread the word. If you're joining me on either of the Facebook pages, again, please like and share. Show your support any way that you can. And uh, for those of you who tune in on the regular, thank you. I appreciate the loyalty and appreciate the support and supporting the guests as well. So if you're watching, you're like, who the hell's this guy? Let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of, front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to get this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right. So for today's teachable moment... So going back to that video where I said the point of my pain was being told that I'd never run or jump again. So those of you that listen to this on the regular, I've shared that story a million times. But what is the point of yours? You know, what is that one thing that's holding you back or that one thing that you need to push through or you, you need to face? Maybe someone hurt you in the past or you've been through a bad accident or you just had someone try to clip your wings in some fashion. What is that one thing that you can face? You can get through it and then turn it into something inspirational that you can help other people who are stuck in that same rut. Figuring out that one thing can completely change the entire trajectory of your life. Because I could have taken that diagnosis that I would never run or jump again. And I wouldn't be a, about to compete in my 160th event coming this Sunday had I let somebody clip my wings. So what's that one thing? that you can push through and then use that experience to inspire someone else. So that's today's teachable moment. So now we're going to talk about how to live your life on purpose and with purpose. And to help me have this conversation, I have Kimberly Young coming in. Hello, Kim. Hi. How you doing? Amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm super Amazing. excited. 
Awesome, awesome. Thank you for taking the time to share your, your knowledge, your expertise, and of course, your stories with us. Appreciate it. And where are you joining me from again? Jacksonville, Florida. That's right, Jacksonville. All right. You're originally from there? No, I'm actually, well, if we go way back, I'm actually from Jamaica. I moved okay. to South Florida, and then eventually I moved to Jacksonville about three years ago now. Okay. All right, so what, what brought you here from Jamaica? Well, you know, Jamaican dream is, you know, go to school, get good grades. Uh, living in the States has much more opportunities and just, just really going ahead and going after what the American dream has for you. Okay, awesome. All right, so, so you said you, when you first got here, you were in South Florida? Correct. Okay, and what brought you up to Jacksonville? Work. Work, okay. my regular nine to five. I, I do go ahead and I do still have a, a nine to five and my nine to five said, well, we, we need to go ahead and we need to have you in Jacksonville. And I said, okay, I guess I'm going. <laughs> Everybody I spoke to said Jacksonville is like, you know, it's not that great. And, you know, it's like really country. And I will tell you, it was a bit of a culture shock when I got here, but eventually you like <laughs> adapt and you get over it. It's definitely nothing like South Florida. I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been to South Florida a few times. And even, even South Florida has its own culture shock, depending on where you are in South Florida. Right. I've, been in, I've been into some places where there's Bentleys and yeah. all these fancy cars and there's other sides where it's like, um, I don't think I should be here. <laughs> that's so. right. That's right. I, I, I like to think that once you get to Miami, you just you just got to watch what, what what area you're in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember when I first went to Miami, this was in 1995. I went with, with two of my friends because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. So we, we actually drove from Rhode Island all the way down to Miami and we we check into our hotel room. And there's a bullet shot in the glass in the window, and we went right down. I'm like, can we get a different room? I was like, this is not reassuring here. You didn't feel safe all of a sudden, huh? <laughs> nope, not at all. All right, so let's get to know you a little bit better here. So, through the lens of your best friend, how would they describe you? Ooh, I have some really amazing best friends, and so I think. Well, I have one best friend that would say I'm demanding, but okay. I think I'm demanding because I am requesting a lot of excellence from the people in my circle. Mm -hmm. I have people that will say that outgoing, um, fun, absolutely the life of the party. Um, <laughs> I have friends that would say, I mean, there's so many different things. I'm like going through my mind of just the millions of things that they would say. Definitely disciplined, uh, resilient, mm. um, definitely giving. Um, I could, I could go through a list. <laughs> keep, keep going. I love it. Yeah. Um, this is, when I think about it, I, I think discipline resilient is, is the one thing I always hear the most from them. Nice. So, you know, having, having the, the title of living your life on purpose and within purpose, you know, all of those qualities, it all rings true. <laughs> it's like in, in order, in order to do that, you have to be disciplined. You have to be be resilient. Like when people people ask me about things, I was like, you just have to hang on. Like no matter what it is, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If you're trying to play sports, you're trying to start a business, you're trying to get get promoted in, in your job. Doesn't matter what it is, you got to hang on. And in the fitness world, I see it far too often. People like, oh, I've, I've tried every diet out there. I was like, well, that tells me you quit every diet out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you got to pick something and hang on through all of it. And that's how you get through to the other side. So where do you think you developed your, your resilience from? 
Well, I think I've developed my resilience in my early adulthood. Um, I was, I did have my daughter, my oldest daughter at a young age. And so I just kind of went through the ringer of life, right? Having to figure out how to go ahead and take care of her, how to, you know, bounce from job to job, make sure she had a roof over her head. Um, mm. And then I, I went through a lot of, of quite a few domestic violence situations in itself. And that in itself just really forced me to push through because at the end of the day, I had, you know, my daughters and I have three daughters looking towards me to, to go ahead and to get it you know, make sure that, that they're, they're cared for, they're provided for, right? As a parent should and would do. So I, I think my, my resilience just comes from quite a few things. There were situations where I just didn't have a choice. I yes. just did not have a choice. And I feel like people develop resilience in different situations and in different ways. And in mine, it was, I needed to go ahead and to make sure that no matter what, and at all costs, I didn't care. It didn't matter if I had a bad day didn't matter what was happening. I had to get back up the next day, the next hour and keep pushing through. Um, sometimes, and it's not always the best way, but sometimes I didn't have a chance to sit down and to cry about things or to really mm. let it out. And that's why I ended up having to go to therapy years later to release all of those emotions yes. because I just didn't have a choice but to keep going, right? And definitely probably not the best and the healthy way to get through, but that's just for me what worked. Yes. And one of the, one of the best things you said there was it didn't matter what was happening, you know? So I, I find that's one of the biggest things that I deal with, whether it's fitness or in my business coaching, it's excuses. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, I want this, but it's always, whatever comes after that, but is going to be some nonsense always, <laughs> you know? You know, so, so how do you, how do you keep yourself focused on the task at hand when things are tough? Well, you know, okay, so uh, there, there's there's a couple of things behind that. So I will tell you that um, sometimes I find I find that people that I work with, when they say I want this, but it's usually an excuse. It's usually imposter syndrome. And if you don't know what imposter, imposter syndrome is, it is basically you thinking you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough yeah. or that you haven't deserved, you know, this, whatever it is that you're stepping into or should be stepping into. Um, it is people that are definitely just having, you know, feeling very low about themselves. So many different reasons as to what happens, right, yes. as far as them stepping into it. And I think for me, um, I think what ended up happening is I just had to push through, <laughs> just had to push through. I didn't, I, I wanted to make excuses. There were plenty of days that I could, I just, just couldn't, <laughs> I just didn't have that. I guess you could say luxury of doing that at the time. Mm. I just, I didn't. <laughs> so what I, what I say, I can't even say what I say because I saw it in someone else's video and then I adopted it into my own teachings was like with, with imposter syndrome, it's due to fake problems. Like it's fake problems that, that we make up in our minds. Like say take today, for instance, I do up obstacle conditioning. Like as I told you before we came live, I'm going down to Jacksonville to do a Spartan race. And so I teach my clients how to climb ropes, how to, how to get across the gymnastic rings, you know, climb walls and all that good stuff. So I have, I have one of the gentlemen, he gets up on the ring every time and he just talks himself out of it. And I was like, you can do this. I was like, you keep telling yourself you can't do this. It's like, once you get past that, 
you're going to be fine. It's like, I do this for, for a living. I've trained thousands of people. And that's probably one of the strongest things I teach people is to stop defeating yourself before you even try. And, you know, and, and it gets to all of us, like we're all human. So when I started this podcast, it was like, you know, why are people going to listen to me when there's celebrities out there, there's movie stars and professional athletes that all have these podcasts and like, who's going to listen to me from small town, Rhode Island. <laughs> and, but it's like, you know what, just get out there. You have a good message. You have a, have a good thing you're doing. And then it's like, how do I find guests? You know, who's going to want to come on my platform? And just once I just got started, it, it was like in a, a matter of maybe eight weeks, I, I was up to doing four shows a week, booking six months in advance. It's like, wow. <laughs> it's like, who would have thought? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, because sometimes you just don't know what you know until you step into it. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. And, and when you step into it, you see the opportunities. See, that's, that's, that's huge because... I didn't see half of the half of this stuff. I didn't have half the connections until I got started. Cause because again, you get stuck in your sea of doubt. And then when you're there, you can't see the big the big, you know, the goals just waving at you right here. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't see it. So <laughs> all right. So you said you have a nine to five. What do you do? So I actually work for a bank in compliance. And most people will say, well, what exactly is compliance? Well, compliance is making sure that you do, that the bank itself does not get sanctioned or regulated by our, our, our federal regulators. Um, just making sure you cross the T's and dot the I's. Um, and that's pretty much it. Okay. And so how'd you, how'd you get into that? Ooh, okay. Very interesting story. So I fell in it. Oh. <laughs> most people, <laughs> most people will tell you that when you do compliance, you literally fall into it. Um, okay. Nobody sets out to get a degree to be like, I'm going to work in compliance. That's, That's why I asked. <laughs> That's not what happens at all. None of my degrees are in compliance. <laughs> so, um, so what happened is that I actually had a background in foreclosures and mortgages. That was actually one of my first mm. jobs, you know, and then eventually transitioned into foreclosures, courtesy of the 2008 crash, and then just kept working in both, you know, environments. And it just so happened that I worked at a boutique law firm. That boutique law firm decided that, oh, we need a compliance department because we're getting so big. And they said, oh, I think we can go ahead and we can, you know, drag Kimberly to work with this boss that nobody wants to work with in their life because he just had that reputation and go figure, you know, uh, best thing that ever happened to me. I will tell you, sometimes when you think that things are not aligned and they are not going to work for you, they do. So I ended up going ahead and working with this boss that nobody in my company liked. And a couple things came out of that. One, he was phenomenal to me. And I actually had to check him and get him and say, hey, listen, you can't address people like that. You can't talk to people like that. His whole perspective changed. The way he interacted with people changed. And even though he would say he doesn't care, uh, it, it, it showed that he did start to care. So that was yes. one. Two, this is how I started to get my first set of clients. I realized that at this, at this company, at this boutique law firm, nobody wanted to go ahead and do exactly what they were doing. Right. They just happen to kind of fall into it or maybe they had experience in it or something to that effect. And, you know, around these water cooler conversations, that's how I had the conversation with women and some men, but particularly women about what their dream was, yeah. what they really wanted to do. How can they get to where they want to be? And to your point, excuses of, you know, family or life or this or that or just different things happening, period. And when I would go home in the evenings, I would think, well, that's insane. We gotta, 
figure this out, you're like letting your dream die. And somehow, somewhere along the lines, I start mm-hmm. to kind of care, you know, because some of these women had phenomenal ideas. And I started to care and just say, you know what, let me see if I can create a plan. Because I found out, I also asked the question of what's hindering you? Yes. Brought in, went ahead and found out that these women um, were going ahead and they were just letting life take over, right? No structure, no plan, no strategy, no no process, nothing. Yeah. And I went home, created that for them, brought it back. And on my lunch break, my on my lunch break, I would go to them and say, hey, listen, I created this. And they would be like so amazed and so thankful that you know, I could create something for them to help them get to where they wanted to be and where they wanted to go, whatever it was. Yeah. Eventually, uh, I never got paid. <laughs> Those were my first clients. <laughs> and ergo, how I ended up in compliance was, again, they just they they just said, oh, Kimberly can do it and shifted me over there. And those were the two amazing things that really came out of me switching to that department. And I've I been doing it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So... I want to t- talk about about you checking your boss because because this is what one of those things that I actually hear and this is also why I don't use typical like talking point questions because then stuff like this doesn't surface during the conversation is what I used to I used to manage at a TGI Fridays this was up in New Hampshire and the area director was such a jerk and everybody feared this dude. And and my, my thing is like what he's he's just another man. Is like why are we afraid of this guy? You know, it's like like he his heart beats just like like the rest of ours. You know, like and we're here on the front lines grinding every single day. This guy strolls in once a month and but busts our chops, right? So so anyway, this one day he just caught me on the wrong day. You know, like it was busy. We were short staffed. The food order was late. Like he just caught me on the wrong day. And I told him all about himself. And and the next day I was prepared to get fired because I did not hold back at all. I got promoted. <laughs> right. He, he sat me down with the general manager and was like, no one has ever stood up to me the way you did. He's like, and we need someone like that to run the kitchen down in this other location. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, you were, you were out of line with some of the things. He's like, but some of the things you're right, I have to work on. Because I was like, I'm down here every day busting my chops in this place. I said, other words, but, you know, for you, for you, I said, you come down here and you can't even say thank you. <laughs> I was like, just think about that. You've never once said the words thank you to me. You know, like, you know, in the one year I was there, like never once. And so a guy got his wheels turning. So sometimes good things can come out of checking your boss. That's correct. I will tell you, he, my boss, it's like a transition. And I know that people will still think he's a bit difficult, but he is. And I'm no longer there, but I yeah. I have someone else that still works there. And he is much more manageable and pleasurable to work with because from that incident. Yes. Never had never had that issue with him again. As long as I worked there and, and again afterwards, just never had that issue with him. Yeah, it's true because sometimes you just need to be told. Cause I mean, I got into management really young. And so working with people, you know, old enough to be my parents, I just thought I had to be to be loud, you know, just so they'll take me seriously. And it just wasn't until one day when my boss came to me and was just like, Robert, he's like, you know, you're you're a great talent. You're a hard worker, you know, like I knew I was getting the 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 sandwich, right? So <laughs> I was like, okay, but I'm like, wait, waiting, waiting for the butt. 
but he's like, you know, you can't talk to people the way you talk to people. He's like, you you just can't. He's like, you're going to end up losing them. They're not going to want to work for you. I think I was 24 when I had, had this conversation. And it just hit me like, like a ton of bricks because I'm thinking I'm, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, not realizing when you just take a step back and just listen to yourself. It's like, wow, I'm being an ass. You know, and I didn't didn't realize that that's how I was coming across. So, but it took that conversation for me, for me to realize, I mean, people would argue I still can be at times, but it's just not to that level. I'm 47 now. So I've I've got it more under control, but at 24, I was a loose cannon still. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. So what are you doing now? So I basically, of course, my day job, my regular nine to five, I also have courses that I am creating. I found that, again, I had free clients that I was working with, which Mm. will no longer happen, but I had free clients that I was going ahead and helping them with their plans. Um, And so I just decided, you know what, why not turn this into a course? Why not go ahead and speak about this? Why not go ahead and, 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 you know, put yourself out there? Because another thing people will tell you is that I, for some strange reason, have some infinite wisdom that I didn't know I had. (laughs) So I I thought, you know, I might as well. So started to put myself out there, create my courses, my one course on clarity, one course on business foundation, and then other, you know, private clients to come along um, and just, just really get myself out there and get, and get things going. And of course I write articles and just different things. Saying like earlier, when you asked me about uh, your true power li- lies in your story, that's why it's there. Like for what you just said, you have infinite wisdom that you didn't even know you had. And when I'm working with people to to create, we can call it create their stories or like create their speeches, whatever it is. It's like I don't teach them anything. I ask them questions. And just, right. just, just as I am with you, as you're talking, I'm writing, I'm writing things down. And... It's just from their own life experiences. We take those experiences and we can create them into something powerful, kind of how I was saying in my opening speech. You know, it's, it's like, what's that one pain point that you can overcome and then make it inspirational? It's like everyone has that capability, you That's know, but just, but just most people don't think they do because they're like, oh, who's going to want to listen to me? Kind of how I had that. Who's going to want to listen? Like, there's someone out there that needs to hear it like only you can say it. That is correct. I am a firm believer that we are that we all have that purpose. We yes. all have that infinite wisdom, that genius, if you will, inside. And it's just a matter of pulling it out and using it because we were all created with the gift, the talent. We just and that's I'm a God girl. So we're all created with, with you know, a gift, <laughs> a gift, a talent, something to that effect. And we just get to go ahead and use that and, you know, put it out there. Nobody's going to know who you are until you put it out there yes right you don't want your genius you don't want your talent you don't want any of that to end up in the cemetery you definitely want to put it out there yes yeah the great les brown said that and uh so with my daughter she's she's 19 she's just starting to teach fitness classes as well and i told her i was like the second you set foot into that gym you're an expert said even though you might feel like a novice they will look at you as an expert. Correct. Like, don't give your expertise away. It's like, do not, it's like, you don't have to know everything. It's like, just, like I'm a trainer. I don't know how every inch of the body works, <laughs> you know? So, so it's like, you don't, you don't have to know everything. 
I said, but they're gonna look at you as an expert. When I'm when I'm speaking on on other people's platforms, and it was like people view you as an expert. I mean, I feel at what I do, I'm an expert, but but I'm saying, but just people don't really know you besides your bio. That's all they know. So it's like you already have it. You show up and you show up powerfully, doors are gonna open. That is correct. And again, just to emphasize your point. Um, you may think you're not an expert, but you're an expert in something that somebody else isn't an expert in. I saw a guy that is a garlic bread expert. I didn't know that was a thing, <laughs> but it is a thing. And therefore, if he can be an export, expert in garlic bread, you can be an expert in whatever it is. As small yes. as you may think it is, making bows, tying shoelaces, you are an expert in that field, whatever it is. Nice. <laughs> All right. So I want you to walk me through your mindset. So you have these couple free free clients and said, oh. I should make it into a course. Take me through that journey to actually creating the course. Yeah, this is actually a couple of years in the making though. So, <laughs> so what happened is, um, and again, we'll be very transparent. It was a lot of, you know, my own inner struggles, a lot of my own imposter syndrome, a lot of just talking myself up and realizing, oh, you really have something pretty big here. Cause you know, you, people tell you, but until you see it for yourself, Yes you know, it, it just falls on deaf ears. So um, as I said, I would meet these women at the, the water cooler, if you will, start having conversations with them. Um, one of my first questions I always ask is, what is your dream? If you could do anything, what would it be? If you could be anything, what would it be? Yes. And usually that opens a can of worms. I want to do real estate. I want to open a coffee shop. I want to be a makeup artist, whatever it is. Okay. Why don't you? Well, because, and then they'll tell me why. Yep. And I usually take that limiting belief, that excuse, that story, and I show throughout that plan that I create, it's an eight-week plan, that I create showing them this is very possible. You think you didn't have enough time in the day because you're a mom and a wife and, you know, maybe a homemaker, maybe, you know, you work a job and you go to school or whatever the case may be. Um, whatever it is, I actually show them in those eight weeks. This is very possible. Yeah. It is showing up, you know, consistently, and it is putting in work. I don't care if it's a half an hour a day, put in the work. I don't care if you just listen to something, right? Just to get you, get the wheel spinning. Because eventually it's all going to go into play. Yeah. And so um, I take whatever they say create that eight week roadmap for them. Everybody's roadmap is individualized right now. I don't think it's gonna be like that for much longer, but everybody's roadmap <laughs> is individualized right now. Yeah. Um, take their roadmap, go ahead and show it to them and work with them. Because another thing that I realize is people fall short and maybe you can relate to this. They, far, they fall short in the accountability part. Yeah. That is, that, that's that's another another expert area for me. Yes. I will, if, I, if you tell me we're doing this, we are doing it <laughs> and I'm holding you to it. I don't care how long we have to extend it. We're, we're doing it. Um, Love it. And so um, um, work with them for the eight weeks, create that roadmap for them and just basically show that, yes, this is very much possible. And everybody's plan, again, different, right? Cause you may say, you know, and some of them are, found, are, are basic, you know, everybody needs a website. Everybody needs to have, you know, their domain. Everybody needs to have, you know, their LLC there, just depending on what it is. Yeah. Right. But some of them are basics, but other things like, you know, I need to get my marketing or I need to do, you know, get on different platforms or just, you know, how do I open this business or how do I look for, you know, space for my coffee shop? 
just different, just different. Um, and so for the most part, there's similarities and differences as far, but the whole thing starts with a conversation and you being clear about what you want or my, whoever it is, clear about what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I start very similar. I, I say, what makes you happy? And, and I start there. I'm like, list out everything that makes you happy, every last detail. And then I'm like, okay, so out of those, circle three. Circle three that make you the most happy. Is it now who can you help in doing those three things? You know, like that's how we came up with, with my, my daughter's major. Like my son was easy because he always had a fascination with cars. So he's an auto mechanic now, my oldest son. And so my oldest daughter... You know, we went over the things that made her happy and said, all right, if you could work with a group of people, who would you want to work with? Like, I raised um, she and my oldest son myself. Their, their mom is fully not in the picture. And so she's like, I want to work with other young girls who didn't grow up with their mom. I was like, that that's awesome. I said, so now what field can you do? Like, do you want to be a social worker? She's like, no. Like, do you want to be just we went right down down the list. But she wants to do what I do because she kind of grew up with me in the gym. And so she's like, I want to work with fitness or with sports teams and do the personal development. Because I, I tell people, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a personal development coach than a fitness coach. I just use fitness to deliver my lessons. You know, that's pretty much how it boils down to. But we completely reverse, reverse engineered it. I said, because the last thing you want to do is to, to go to school, get into a mountain of debt, get into a field that, that you hate. And then you're still spending 20 years paying off the debt for something that you're not even using. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. so let, let's try to f- figure it out ahead of time. And not once you're already through it, and then we're already paying off the debt, <laughs> you know, for, for you to figure out, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, a couple of things. One, don't you find it hard when people say that they don't know what they love? Yes. Because or what makes them happy? Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> we really have to like you know spend that clarity time and really figure out like because sometimes you can overlook it, right? Yes. Sometimes you just miss it, you know, yep. um, or you don't realize that that's what the happy emotion feels like, especially if you 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 you've never had that emotion or you don't you don't feel it often enough. Yes. Um, and and the other part is getting into that mountain of debt. Yes, I completely agree. You know. If everyone kind of just thought about what to what they love ahead of, you know, maybe at 18, maybe at 17, because, you know, when you're younger, sometimes you don't really think about that stuff. But yeah. if, if we just thought about that stuff in advance, we would probably not have as much student loan debt. And I'm in there. I'm in there with everybody else. Yes, I have it. <laughs> so, and so we probably would not have as much because people would really be chasing after what they love. Yes. See, I want to share, share something quickly. <clears throat> I turned down a speaking gig at a career and technical school here in Rhode Island. And I'm going back and forth with the assistant principal about topics. As you know, we could speak about confidence, about bullying and all this stuff. And then the last one I said was, and I want to teach, teach the kids how easy it is to make money with, with the smartphones. And she was like, oh, um, we don't want to discuss that. Like, why? Like, aren't you a career in technical school? Yeah. And she's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, but our basically their their goal is for for the kids to either enter the workforce or to go to further education. I said, which is cool, but they should still know that this exists. 
<laughs> you know, so it's like everybody shops on Amazon, but not everybody knows you can create an Amazon store and you can make money from Amazon. You know, like people don't, people don't understand that, you know, so it could be someone who's maybe, maybe they like to draw. It's like, so they can draw, they can set up an Etsy store and they can sell their drawings online. Like what is wrong with it, with exposing them to this reality? So it's like you have a career day or something and, you know, you have your lawyers and your doctors and your policemen and your firemen and all these different, you know, why can't the entrepreneur come in and talk to the kids also? So say someone goes into automotive and they can create a YouTube channel to, to supplement their income. Like, is, is there anything wrong with that? So I, I ended up turn, turning down the gig. I'm like, no, because I think that's wrong. <laughs> it's like, like you, by, by not letting them know the possibility, a couple of these kids are going to end up poor. You know, because they're not going to realize that there's a, a better way or another way to supplement their income. That's correct. Like school and school isn't for everybody. Right. Yeah. And and we, you know, we know that school just isn't for everybody. Drop and... out here. <laughs> <laughs> College dropout. College dropout. <laughs> so see, like, and that, that's very real. Like it does happen. You have people that are high school dropouts that still yeah. make, you know, ridiculous amount of money. It is very real. Yeah. Um, I guess my thing is that they that that when you start exposing kids especially at a younger age to what the possibilities are not everybody's going to be a youtube star not everybody's going to be a makeup yeah. mogul not everybody's going to you know mm-hmm. everybody's going to do that but finding what they love and turning it into something that's that's like the real you know talent behind it you know yes. creating things that don't exist they're going to be the first astronaut that created a YouTube channel, just as an example, they're going to be the first, you know, person that did, you know, something, you know, that's like the real like niche and there's a market for that. There's people that are going to be eating it up because you're the first person to do X, Y, Z. Just, just, just the different things that can come out of that. So I could, I could see exactly why you would turn that down. Um, What about the kids that talk a lot? Those are speakers. <laughs> I was voted most talkative my senior year. Right. <laughs> and exactly. look at what I'm doing. <laughs> most social. <laughs> <That's Yep. me. laughs> exactly. Right. And, and it, turn it into something else. If I didn't start mm-hmm. talking to people, I would have never known that, you know, this is the path they want to take. It's it's you would be surprised what comes out of, you know, just just uncovering who that individual is as a person. Yeah. And. You know, once I first started dabbling into into speaking, and so now I'm not there yet, but like you start thinking of like Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and all these guys, like you think you have to be someone like that in order to get paid. And then you start flipping through this directory and it's like, Brenda Smith makes $20,000 a speech? Who the hell is she? Yeah, <laughs> and also it's like, it's like really normal everyday people can get paid like that to speak? It's like, whoa. You know, but, but I had no idea, yeah. you know, as an adult, it's like, I had no idea. Like, I mean, I, I knew you could get paid, but I didn't think like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, jeez. And then start coupling that with like services, you know, yes. you're a consultant, you work for, you, you know, you can, you, you outsource your services to, you know, a firm or to a company that wants you to come in and speak about something or say, I'm going to create some digital products behind that or write a book. There's like millions of options and ways yes. to go with it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 endless, endless. Agreed, agreed. And and now with most everything being virtual, getting these speaking gigs is e- is even easier. You know, it's like I've I've spoken on Australian news five times now, 
<laughs> you know, and I would have had to have, you know, it just wouldn't have happened before because yeah. most most things are in studio. And right. now they can just zoom you, zoom you right right in, you know. Yeah. Like I said, 34 different countries. And it's like click of a button, you know, you have to sync up time zones. But other than that, it's yeah, it's very, very easy to do. Correct. A message and you just keep on a message and, and possibly a product or something to sell behind it. And then you keep on going from there. So, yeah. You know, you know, one thing that boggles my mind and my kids watch these people all the time. So this is people on YouTube. This one guy in, in particular, all he does is play video games. So they watch this guy playing video games. This dude's got like 8 million subscribers, makes like $4 million a year. And they watch him play video games. That is correct. <laughs> that, that, that dude makes more than the president. That is correct. <laughs> is, and that, and like, this wow. is why the entrepreneur belongs in schools. Because exactly. kid, he just he went ahead, he took whatever it was and turned it into something big. Who yep. knew that sitting there watching someone else play video games is going to give him that $4 million revenue? Yes. Like, exactly. How would you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and so when, when you're working with adults, it's like having, helping adults to see that bigger picture, I feel it's a little harder than with, with, with the kids. Like the kids buy into it quickly. Whereas the adults are like, ah, that's a scam or that's a this, or I'm too old for this. And, I'm like, no, no, you're yeah. not. It's like, yeah. you're definitely not. I always like to tell people to look at things when you're, when I'm working with them, look at things through the six-year-old eye. Yes. You know, as a kid, we had child, we had a wonder. We had like childlike curiosity. Yep. You know, we, we, we just believed. That's it. We just believed, you know, mm-hmm. Peter Pan believed he could fly. Why, why can't you? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not physically fly, obviously, but like, you know, <laughs> or within whatever business or whatever it is that you want to do, right? Yeah. Why not? It's very, very, very possible and very likely. Um, and so I always like to tell people, just just take take that step back and just think. Forget about whatever's happening around, right? Just put it all, all, all out of your mind. Mm-hmm. If you can go back and if you can do this, what would it be? And that's when like the, the oh, I've always wanted to or I should do this. I even hear people start talking about hobbies and things that they've always wanted to do. And, you know, they can't or, or they, they could or whatever the case may be. And you'd be so surprised what comes up and what yeah. comes out. Yeah, no, I, I hear quite a bit myself when I'm working with people. I hear so much. And my question is always, then why don't you? Yeah. You know, it's like, why don't you? So one thing, I was 38. So I donated a kidney to one of my sister's. And throughout that process was like the first time I really felt my mortality, you know? And so like coming through that, I was like, I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do ever again. It's like, and I mean ever again, like if someone invites me to a wedding, if I don't want to go, I ain't going, (laughs) I'll I'll send you a check. You know, like it might, it might sound jerkish, but it's like, this is my life to live. You know what I mean? It's mine. And I want to do it doing the things that I enjoy. And I liked what you said earlier, too, about uh, requesting excellence from your circle. You know, so it's like I've surrounded myself with people 
who are just as crazy as I am that will go across the country to go crawl through the mud in Jacksonville. Like the, those are my people. <laughs> you know? And also like they, I like to go on crazy hikes. We do, we go on parasailing trips and you know, we go kayaking. There's just so many things that we all do together, but that's the stuff that I enjoy. So it's like, do you want to go listen to the symphony? No, nothing against the people that love the symphony. I'm not one. So it's like, no, I'm not going. If you guys go go ahead, I am not going. So just learning, learning to have the courage to say no, no. has been huge for me. Huge. Yeah. I don't disagree. Although I do take a different approach. I want to try it at least once to say I did it. Mm. So the symphony, I'm going at least once. If I don't like it, I'm never going back. <laughs> but if it's something that I know I'm never going to do, like I'm never going to go bungee jump off somebody's bridge. Yeah. No. I know I'm just, I know I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm no, not. I'm a daredevil, but I won't no. do that. <laughs> I, so, I have limits. <laughs> that bucket list is kind of limited, right? Like, yes. you know, it's just not happening. <laughs> right. So I like, I like the idea of at least once. Right. And I always tell my kids, how would you know if you don't like something if you don't do it at least once? Unless you're just yeah. really like not happening. No mm. way. There's, you know, not happening. Yeah. So just once for me. And if it's a no, then it's a no. Yeah. It's like, I, that's that's typically my, but there were just some things that I know I won't like. I, I, I just know I won't. Like uh, when when I was uh, with my ex, she wanted to drive to Connecticut to go see this field of sunflowers. And I was like, why don't you go with your sister? <laughs> she's like, you don't want to go up with No, like that stuff doesn't do it for me. And I know it's not gonna, and I don't want to bring it down for you. Like, like that's, that's my thing. I know you're going to be excited because, because I know on the other side to be excited and then to have the one you're with not be as excited. It's kind of a buzzkill. So it's like, I don't want to be that buzzkill. So like, right. I, would just, I would just rather not go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a definitive no for you. So you already knew you just were not doing that at all. Yes. <laughs> it just wasn't happening and that's fine. <laughs> you know, then you know, because I, I definitely want people with me that are going to be, you know, gung ho about the same things or similar yes. things. And yeah. Yes. No, I, I love that though. And I love the way you worded it, the requesting excellence from my circle. Like I'm, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. They don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if you got the right ones, though, because let me tell you, on my fitness clients, with, with them, like, I'm very hard on them. And it's like when they come to me, it's kind of like the name of the show. It's shut up and grind. You know, so it's like that's that's my mantra in life. So it's like you're here. You're paying me money to get you to a certain place. So I'm not worried about all this outside noise. My job is to get you to that place. And, and I'll, I'll do what I have to, I'll say what I have to, you know, like that's just my style, you know? So I know with some, with some of them, I have to be a little, little more gentle. No, yeah. some of them need the foot in the back, you know, some, some people need the long explanations as to why. So it's like, you know, you just got to understand who you're working with, but I'm going to get the absolute most out of you every time you set foot in this building. So they come like, Oh, I'm tired. I'm like, then, then just leave. <laughs> it's like it's like if you walk in the door, I expect a hundred percent. That is correct. Yeah, and that's, that's actually what I ask her from my trainers. Is I am my I'm like I definitely want someone that's gonna push me hundred percent because you know. And for me, I find you know fitness as a anchor to my day yeah. because I know that if I start my day with you know pushing through 
getting through whatever I'm feeling, maybe first thing in the morning, I know I'm going to do that for the rest of the day. I already know that my excellence was, you know, I, I put in that thousand percent first thing in the morning, my rest of my day is going to be just, just as that. So it kind of sets the tone for my day and just really sets that anchor. Yeah. All of my morning crew, they all say, say that, like if, if they miss a workout, they're like the whole day is just, it's just, just off. Yeah. Just like gone. it's just off. If I'm, if I don't get that, that morning workout in. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. At least for me and, and weekends, I, I, I won't, I won't do it, but I definitely know that, that Monday through Friday where I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so besides people answering the question, like, what do you want? What do you like? What makes you happy? What is, what are the, are the biggest roadblocks you help people get over besides the things we, we've already discussed, like the imposter syndrome and all that, like what else is looming in there? Um, the biggest ones, excuses and mindset. Mm. And I know we've kind of like touched on them, but yeah. excuses and mindset somewhere in your life or in their life, they were told or they believed that they can't do X, Y, Z. If somebody clipped their wings. Something happened. Yeah. And because of that, it is a battle of the mind. And I spend a lot of time having that conversation, working them through taking them through another issue that I find or not issue, but something else I find is that we as women, we're so hard on ourselves. Yes. We're so hard on ourselves. I, I say it almost daily in the gym, almost oh, daily. We're so hard. <laughs> and at some point, and there are plenty of times that we get to give ourselves grace. We get to take that step back. We get to say, this is the day that I did all I could do. And this is a day that I can do all that I can do. As long as you give that thousand percent to yourself and to what you're doing, yeah. then that's it, right? You 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 can't you can't exceed that. That's it. Mm -hmm. But and and again, and another issue, we don't give ourselves enough self care, right? We don't go ahead and we don't spend that time with ourselves. We don't we don't. And then somewhere along the lines, women we tend to lose ourselves, right? Um, we tend to lose ourselves in our marriages. Our 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 kids are, are lose our identity altogether. It's almost like we forgot who we were as a child. I don't know what happens, but you know, it does happen. <laughs> right. It really does. It really does. So those are a couple of things that I do go ahead and I, I have to work with women on, you know, just really saying, Hey, it's okay. Today just may not be the day, you know, like let's aim again for tomorrow. Let's, and, and that's it. Get yourself some rest, take care of yourself. Right. See, and, and, and with that, I want to share, I want to share this. I, I just posted this on my Facebook page the other day. I said, you are the greatest project you will ever get to work on. Take your time and create magic. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like what you were saying about self-care and coincidentally tomorrow, we have our all-star panel, how to love yourself without feeling selfish. <laughs> so that's tomorrow at 11. But I, I constantly say, I've said it on this show, I mean, it's been what, a couple hundred, hundred episodes, probably at least seven-eighths of the episodes. I always mention, you can't take care of anyone if you're not taken care of. Like, you can't love anyone if you don't love yourself. It's like, you can say the words, but, like, when you truly love someone, you feel it. Like, my dad wasn't a man, God rest his soul. He wasn't a man that would come out and say, I love you. He wasn't, he wasn't like the huggy, lovey-dovey type, but you felt it. It's like you knew it in the way he spoke to you, in the way even even when he had to tough love us. You know, it's like we still felt this. Like that man cares, you know. But he was always 
active. He was a very, very active man right up until he till he passed away. He was just constantly like the last thing he did before he went to the hospital to have open heart surgery was he and my son fixed my mom's car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so like he was literally busy right to the very end, but he never missed his doctor's appointments, always took his medicine. He was always walking, you know, lifting weights. It's like he, he was constantly doing the things that he enjoyed doing. And he, he was never grumpy. Like I never went to the house and he was just in a pissy mood, like never. And he was 79, you know, when he when he passed. So, I mean... He lost his filter a little around 72, but, but he was just never, he was never grumpy though, you know, and, but that's because he prioritized him and, and him doing that, we all got to get the best version of him. That's the one thing. Cause I, I work with 95% women and the people who watch this podcast is 68% women. And so that's one, one of the biggest points I try to get across is that, when you're taking care of you, everyone in your circle benefits. It's like you're going to be a better wife, a better significant other. You're going to be a better parent, a better coworker, a better leader because your light is going to be shining. And so getting them to buy into that, that's the challenge. That is the challenge. <laughs> and I definitely don't disagree. That does show up a lot for me as well. So yeah, I, I understand. It's just it's just a matter of like I guess showing them and just telling them and just constantly, you know, reinforcing those positive, you know, things in them. So I, I get that. Yeah, like I always I always say it's like this right here is where women have to adopt a little bit from men, just a little bit, is that men look for for gains, women look for flaws. Right, just talking from the fitness sense. If you can see a guy with the biggest beer gut, and he'll be in a mirror like this. <laughs> then you see a woman who's a size four talking about, what is this? And I can't tell you how many times a week where I say, you know, there are women who would kill to look like you. Yeah. It's, it's like, yes, you know, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. I get that. But the way you're talking about yourself is not healthy at yeah. all. Yeah. It's <laughs> the confidence. Just yesterday. <laughs> it's the confidence. It's the confidence and it's and, and a great book to read. Uh, what you say or how, what to say when you talk to yourself. Mm. That's that an amazing down. book. And it's Shad. Oh my gosh. I, I don't want to say it wrong. I want to think it's Shad newsletter, but I'm not a thousand percent, but I know his first name is Shad S H A D. And that's an amazing book. I gift that book to a lot of women. <laughs> nice. because I, think I might write a speech with that title. I like that. That's, that in itself is just powerful. Mm. Because what we say to ourselves and how we talk about ourselves is exactly what is displayed. And, yes. you know, there are so many studies that tell us as we as, and not women, just as people, period, there are over, you know, 10,000 thoughts that go through our head and at least 70 or 80% of it, I don't remember the stat, don't, don't like quote me, but like <laughs> it is an insane number of how much negative conversation we have playing in the background of ourselves. Yeah. It's, you know, it's you know, unfortunately, that's how we're wired. Mm. You know, if you, if you yeah. think about it, like if, if you look at, I always say the squirrel is the most stressed out animal ever. Because <laughs> you know, it's like they have to worry about land predators. They have to worry about hawks coming down. So, you know, you see the squirrel eating right there. 
they're constantly yeah. stressed out looking around. Yeah. But they, if you go back to the first humans, that was us. You know, yeah. our, our subconscious mind is wired to look for problems. And that's why so many people struggle with that, and especially women, because when the men were out in battle or hunting for food, the, the women had to protect the young, so they were constantly on the lookout for danger. And so, yeah, now we're more modernized, but our DNA is our DNA. Right. You know? And that's right. just what we're programmed for. Yeah, but then it's a matter of like rewiring and that yes. in itself can, you know, take a while, you know, yeah. rewiring and reprogramming that yeah. hardware. And that's also why it's like so important, even when we start parenting our young kids. Yes. Right. Because now we have the opportunity to, to break that mold and to change that, yes. you know, that, that DNA or that wiring, if you will, you know, for our next and upcoming generation. Yeah, see, so I saw on your pro your profile also you mentioned about breaking generational curses because uh, when when I speak in schools more so in the in the the more urban schools, I ha have a speech that, that I call break the cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, so like if you're in that, you know, if you're in a cycle of of poverty or you know if, if dad's in jail or something along those lines, and it's like then it's up to you to break the cycle. And that's what I tell, it's like if somebody has to, like if you don't break it, then you're going to end up falling, falling into that same path. Then you're going to have kids and then they're going to fall into that same path. Like somebody has to step in and be like enough is enough. That is correct. And it's whoever that is. It is, you know, challenging. It is, can be a lot to overcome. Some people are just like, I ain't doing that. Yeah, <laughs> Let the next true. generation do that. It's but true. then what happens when you don't do that? What happens for the next generation after that? And they don't get it, exactly. but you caught it, right? Yeah. So it, it is super important and, and so, so crucial if you catch it to see what you can do to help to break it. What can you do to change things? What can you do to change the mold of the family or even within yourself? How can you, you know, switch things? So that way going forward, it's no longer the way that it was, but the way that it will be. Yes. And that's something, probably another topic I'm, I'm, I'm pretty interested in and a conversation I actually really like to have with people. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I would say like, why not you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, why not? Why, why not you? <laughs> you know, so it's like my, my dad, my parents, so I, I was born in New York City, but like we moved out of there, I think I was two and a half, I want to say. Maybe I just turned three, so I don't remember it. I'm the youngest of seven seven kids. Like, my older siblings, they have memories of, of, of all that. But remember, my parents' house in Brooklyn burned down. Well, their apartment in Brooklyn burned down when my mom was pregnant with me, I believe. And we had to move into the projects in Queens. And dad was like, this ain't happening. <laughs> He's like, no. So he actually left us there for, I think, like six months, I want to say. And he came up here to Rhode Island, got hired building submarines and uh, built a house. Well, not built a house, but he bought a house, rural area, good school system, and went back to, to New York and moved us up here. You know, so, yeah. so, so it's like when, when I talk about that stuff, like, first thing people say, oh, well, you know, you weren't raised in the inner city. You weren't this. I said, yeah, you know why? Because my dad broke the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that's why I'm qualified to talk about this. <laughs> because, you know, my upbringing and, and you know, everything that, that I've, I've experienced was because dad had the, had the, uh, 
what's the word? Like division. the fortitude, the vision. Yeah, yeah. He, so he had the vision, but then he actually had the guts to see it through. You know, that's correct. So and that's, that's actually amazing. another big part of the. That's another big part of the puzzle is the fortitude to push through. So don't don't yes. don't just have the vision. And we have our visionaries. We love our visionaries. Yes. They're amazing people. They'll have twenty visions for your whole life, or further yes. even for their own life, or for their kids' life, and anybody around them. Yeah. But it's it's the fortitude to to get through and to push through to make sure that what you are talking about or whatever you're whatever you're envisioning, you're also you know you're not just talking about it. You are about it. You're making yes. that move. Yes. And so look at how many people do that. So many people make that move. So many people have to do, I have to do that. When I left South Florida, I don't have family up here in Jacksonville, Yeah. but you know, there was, there was uh, an opportunity and there was a chance. And I just said, well, I guess I'm going. And that was it. Just moved with my kids. Nice. And it just yeah. happens. You know, it, it just, it just works out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, once you, once you just get, get started, like just get started and people always say, oh, well, it's not the right time. Like, what other time do you promise? When is it? <laughs> right? What other time yeah. do you promise? I'm pretty certain you got just today. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, because... like, it's like we can't do work yesterday and we can't do work tomorrow. <laughs> so that's like we got work today. That is correct. And I always like to tell people that you are dancing on a fine line when you say that because tomorrow is not promised. Yep. You know, you just don't know what can happen. You don't mm-hmm. know. And that's probably like another rule why I try to avoid procrastination in a lot of things, because you don't know what can happen, especially when I was younger with my kids. I would say, oh, tomorrow I'll just do whatever it is, trying to be undisciplined and, you know, unruly. And the reality is tomorrow I had a sick kid. I had to go pick up another kid because the kid got sick in school. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I had to leave work to go ahead and to do that. Pick up the other one from the sitter. Nice before you know it, dinner's burning. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody's <laughs> vomiting. <somebody laughs> it. And I, that tomorrow just went right out the window. There is, you don't so have true. tomorrow. You got today and that's it. And yeah. you have the 16 hours that you are awake, depending on how long and how often you sleep. <laughs> yes. And that's it. See, and that's the part that people forget because I say that I say that a lot too. Because like the average person sleeps six to seven, so they might even be awake even longer. And it's like, all right, so even if you work ten hours, you still got anywhere from four to six left over. Like you can't carve out thirty minutes to work on you. Yeah, that's it. Thirty minutes. minutes. You know, people will binge watch Netflix all weekend long, and then tell tell me on Monday they don't have time to meal prep. Yeah. <laughs> have they ever thought about binge watching while they meal prep? Yeah. <laughs> binge watch while you meal exactly. prep. Exactly. We're, we're, we're so modernized now that Netflix and everything else is on our phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's all, it's all mobile. So when I do things like when I'm setting up the, the thumbnails for the podcast or if I'm you know, confirming with, with guests, I usually have some, something on in the background, but I'm multitasking, you know, yeah. constantly multitasking, but, it's like just because you're watching a show doesn't mean you have to sit it's like my my treadmill has a holder for my phones and so if i'm gonna watch something long i'll hop on the treadmill and and i'll be moving while i'm watching or when it's nice out like up up here in rhode island it's actually pushing 60 today which is really odd for february it was 60 yet yesterday also it was really odd usually it's like 20 (laughs) but um but just constantly on on the move but I'm very conscious of my my fitness, and, and people are always say, "Well, you're you're a trainer." I said, "Yeah, I spent 20 years in the restaurant industry, surrounded by food. 
and I still prioritize my 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 because like it means a lot to me to be healthy and fit. Right. You know, so it's like the question is, what is what's important to you? So like when people come out with the excuses, all I say, all I hear is you don't want it bad enough. Like that's all I hear. I know, but I also like to think that that um I also I also like to think that people are need rewiring. Yeah. And it's just a matter of saying, hey, why don't you? Or what about? Yeah. Or I think you can miss that episode. Or something to that effect to kind of get them to realize, yeah, you know, you probably could go ahead and you probably could do two things at once. And some people just really aren't great at multitasking. Yeah. Go figure. Some people I know, I, I know a few women that just aren't great at multitasking. And that's all. And at that point, you got to make that decision. What are we really doing here? Do we really want it bad enough or not? Exactly. So, so true. It's like, I typically say, say that stuff to my longer term people. Like I have this woman, she's been off and on with me since, I don't know, 2014, 2015, I want to say. And like, she'll, she'll join, she'll drop 30 pounds. She'll get comfortable. She'll vanish. Gains, <laughs> gains it all back. She comes back, you know, like she's, she's blessed with a great metabolism. Like she keeps, she keeps losing it. But like she was saying just today, because she turns 50 this year. And so she, she's in class and she's like huffing and puffing. And she's like, oh, my gosh, she's like this fit, this fit before fit 50 is going to kill me. And I looked at her and said, do I need to say it? And she's like, no, I know what you're going to say. Because I constantly tell her, stop quitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like you're in this position because you keep quitting. It's like if yeah. you just stayed consistent, even just twice a week, you wouldn't keep this ebb and flow. It's like you lose 30, you gain 30. You lose 30, you gain 30. It's like, A, that's not good for your body. But I was like, it's like, but then you keep going right back to square one again. I was like, you are huffing and puffing right now because you vanished again for the last five months. Yeah. I always like to I always like to think of it as, and this is something that just like I guess my own mental trick that I taught myself. And I'll just use like, you know, that your your client. If I was to lose 30 pounds. And then gain it back. But what about if I went ahead and lost 30 pounds, kept being consistent, and lost 60 pounds? Because we all know it adds up. And maybe 60 pounds isn't her goal. Yeah. But think about how much easier it is to maintain the lesser weight than to have to keep going back. Because yes. even if you said, I'm going to take a couple you know, days off from the gym and maybe I'll just maintain and do three days. Wouldn't that be easier than having to try to stress yourself to gain, to, you know, get off 30 pounds and probably less, but that's just a mental trick that I like play on myself. Right. And I'll use business example. If I went ahead, started my business today and let's say I was up and running and doing everything and I was going great. I got customers coming in and I have, you know, a decent amount of money coming in and I'm satisfied. And all of a sudden I vanish and then that's it. And then there's, (laughs) there's, there's, and then I decide, Oh, it's time for me to come back. Isn't it harder to have to rebuild all of that again, to build up that flow, to build up your customer base, to build, you know, everything that you had going before, wouldn't it just be easier just to have that customer base and then add on more customers and then be able to hire help to help you or, you know, contract someone to help you if you needed that help or that support? It's a great That's example. A, again, the mental trick I play on myself. <laughs> yeah, love it. That's a great example. All right, so let pe- people know how they can how they can get in touch with you if you got any programs or anything going on now. 
Yep. So right now I am still working on my program socials that you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, well, Instagram and LinkedIn, I should say. <laughs> so uh, Kimberly F is in Frank Young is where you can find me. I post little snippets, little things here and there. And so definitely feel free to reach out. Um, also my email contact at Kimberly F young.com. Nice. So I put up on the screen here before you were done talking, but you finished. So oh, that's it. You that's, that's your handle. Okay. <laughs> that is me. All right. So give us some final words and then we'll break it down. Absolutely. So final words for you. Stay consistent. Stay clear on what you want to do, what your dream is, whatever it is, and be willing to chase after it, like with, with a childlike wonder, curiosity, and dream. Perfect. Kimberly, thank you very much. This has been great. Got a page and a half of notes over here. And um, so I showed you the graphic of the of the all-star panel. So if you're in, interested in participating in one, let me know and I'll get you on the list. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll go ahead and I'll email you and we can set that up. Okay. Yeah. So like I'm put I'm putting together the one for, for March now. And um, yes, yeah, usually I'll bring, bring back five, five to six of, of my guests. We'll pick a, pick a topic and then we just each share on that topic. And uh, you can even tune in tomorrow if you want to see how it, see how it flows. And then we'll go from there. Perfect. Perfect. All righty. So thank you again. And you have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Kimberly. So if you're tuning in late, make sure you go back and you watch the whole thing. Dropped a lot of good information here about mindset, about vision, and keeping your eye on the prize. So I will be back tomorrow again with that all-star panel. We're going to be talking about how to love yourself without feeling selfish. So we got Erica, we got Carol, we got Scott, Andy, and Cootie Mac. So all of them rock their individual episodes and Think all of us coming together. This is going to be a powerful one that you don't want to miss. So that's all I got for you. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up and 